December 9th, Saturday of the first week of Advent. The world is a mess. It is riven by violence and hatred, wars, bitter rivalries, and vicious power struggles. Billions live with desperate poverty, violence, and oppression, creating hordes of immigrants who have no place to call home. In our own country, we see the deep divisions, the backbiting and misinformation that make for dysfunctional government, along with corporate greed and fraud, injustice, poverty in the midst of plenty, discrimination, violence, and crime. It is frustratingly tragic that these conditions persist even while so many people of goodwill deplore them, recognizing how destructive they are. Yet when people try to fix these problems, their efforts often fail. And it is not only because of the resistance of the perpetrators. At a geopolitical level, efforts to intervene in the affairs of other countries, supposedly to bring them up to outside standards, have gone awry because of paternalism, misunderstanding of others' culture, self-righteous arrogance, corporate greed, and indiscriminate use of power. Think of the campaigns of colonial powers to, quote, civilize native peoples in the Americas, Africa, and many parts of Asia, which ended up destroying indigenous cultures, denying local autonomy, plundering natural resources, and leaving the people in chaos and poverty. More recent attempts by the U.S. and other powers to fight communism or remove dictators have often had similar effects. Some of the same problems can arise in attempts to help local communities suffering crime, violence, and poverty. It seems that no matter what we may intend, sin enters in and corrupts our best efforts. Sometimes it seems that we are making progress and things are going well, then we slide right back into the old patterns. Must sin always win out? Must our best efforts to make the world a better place always be dragged down? If we rely only on ourselves, the prospects are bleak. But there is another possibility offered by today's readings which echo the fundamental message of Advent. In the first reading, the prophet Isaiah proclaims God's promise of new life, a life free of the destruction brought by sin. God will water the barren land so that the fullness of life and joy can flourish. This looks to a day of judgment when the works of sin and injustice will be destroyed, a day when God, quote, binds up the wounds of the people and will heal the bruises left by sin and its effects. In the gospel, Jesus proclaims that in him, the promise is fulfilled. God's salvation has entered our world in a definitive way. Liberation from sin and all its destructive effects is offered to all, 
and the work of establishing God's kingdom, the promised redeemed world, has begun. The sign that Jesus uses here and elsewhere in the Gospels to show that he is indeed the promised one is his healing of the sick and infirm and casting out the evil demons from the possessed, just as Isaiah had prophesied. God and God alone in Jesus the promised Savior has the power to overcome the deadly power of sin that tears us apart and thwarts all our efforts to make a better world. That does not mean, however, that we have no role to play in that work. The gospel shows Jesus gathering disciples who will carry on that work in his name to confirm that they too were part of his saving work he passed on to them his power of healing. Led by the Spirit, these chosen disciples ultimately formed the church, which is the ongoing sign and seed of God's promised kingdom. By joining the church in faith, we become part of that saving work. As the ongoing presence of Christ in the world the church has been entrusted with the mission of healing the sick and infirm and reconciling those who have gone astray. To the extent that it remains faithful to that mission, it is a strong bulwark against the power of sin to wreak havoc in our world. When its members turn away from that mission and pursue their own self-interest, power, and wealth, sin enters in and corrupts their work, as we have seen time and again. That is a point that Pope Francis has made frequently. The Church is about healing, reconciliation, and God's mercy. He has resisted critics who have tried to push him to expel those who do not confirm, conform to their idea of orthodox belief and practice, and to take sides in conflicts. Rather, he has fought to keep the church faithful to the healing work Christ handed on to his disciples so that it can be an effective sign of God's promise of bringing life and light to a world made barren by sin. <laughs>